0: everyone welcome to our warped podcast the show where we get together and discuss our latest pop culture obsessions i'm grace and i'm here with walker cat and chris starting us off today is chris but before that has anyone checked out the topics from last episode
1: i did i watched the uh, garfield halloween special which was super cute it was weird it was a musical and the old man was creepy i like the ghosts too the ghosts were a really cool effect with it being like Very painterly.
2: Mm -hmm. And the old man looks like somebody that would come out of the animated Lord of the Rings.
1: Hmm. Oh yeah, like the old, like the Hobbit, the old Hobbit movies too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It it was funny watching as like a grown adult because like they had to go across the river to get to the good house with Candy, you know, just like in Bob's Burgers. And then they go down the river. Like they don't go across; they go like along with the river and it's like <laughs> well, what are you guys doing you, you're just going across anyways it was funny and cute but is that what happened with bob's burgers too
2: well they had to go to uh, the island for full-size bars
3: oh yeah. right they take the ferry i think yeah what, what they happened. took the ferry
0: they had to go for the good candy and isn't that the start of a throwback to our first episode over the garden wall don't they go trick-or-treating and like fall in a lake. Spoiler alert.
1: Oh. Yeah, because in the cemetery, they're running away from somebody. They're running from a cop, because they're not supposed to be in the uh, cemetery, and then they fall down a hill and roll into a lake. Yeah.
0: Stay away from water on Halloween, guys.
1: Well, it's, you know, it, well,
3: I don't want to jump ahead, but it kind of relates to what I, I was going to talk about, so. Oh my god. That's good stuff.
0: Stay tuned for 20 it's, minutes yeah. from now.
3: <laughs> it's that, hopefully that's that's you know gonna you're to keep you, everybody engaged some yeah. wanted to hear some you know, what's gonna
1: happen yeah yeah <laughs> walker has big news on water
0: stay till the end
1: water is uh it's important we'll get into it water are you talking about today walker oh man Whoa. oh man all right real cooking well considering you're going first chris water are you talking about
2: I gotta go. I can't be part of this.
1: No one else watch or, <laughs> <laughs> or read anyone else's topic. So, I know Kat talked about the, the Halloween special. Grace. VHS.
3: VHS, okay. And Chris talked about...
2: Coraline. Coraline.
3: That's it. Okay. So I'm guessing Walker did not.
0: I had all intentions of watching Coraline.
3: No. But I, then I didn't. My lack of memory, that threw off <laughs> what
1: was going on
0: the big clue
3: if yeah. only
1: there was a recording of the whole thing to play back. <laughs> yeah i wonder you know if we could have had that then i, I would have been able to remember yeah pretty pretty well i think yeah mm-hmm. it's a shame that would help we yeah. should
2: start recording these
1: it's a shame we don't record any yeah we exactly yeah damn well since we're not recording i guess i can talk freely sure about what i wanted to talk about today which is inside job on netflix have uh, any of you guys watched that
0: i don't know if i've even heard of it i need more info
1: so inside job is an animated adult comedy series created by shayan takeuchi creator alex hirsch from gravity falls was the show's executive producer it's a Workplace comedy, where basically every conspiracy theory is real, so not really a conspiracy. Hollow Earth, Lizard People, and cover-ups are all legit, with voice talents from Lizzie Kaplan, Christian Slater, John DiMaggio, and comedian Bobby Lee. So, a lot of names that stuck out to me. There are a couple others.
2: Christian Slater is still doing a thing. Alright.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, It's a lot of fun.
0: We just watched uh, Heather's.
1: Oh, nice! Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: For the very first time ever? For the very Mm -hmm. first time ever. Get out.
1: Cat got me to watch that once upon a time. And you thought? I didn't totally understand it. I'm like, why are all these high school kids murdering each other? Popularity.
0: We were in high school once. You get it.
1: But you know, it was fun. I liked it. So yeah, a lot of great voice talents from a lot of great actors like John DiMaggio, who, you know, did Jake from Adventure Time and Bender. Bobby Lee's really funny. So that was a lot of fun. Why I picked it was because I'll take any reason to watch an animated show, especially one about conspiracy theories. And especially one that is not centered around just like being kids media. Alex Hirsch, who again was involved in the creation of Gravity Falls, did an amazing job with that. So I was excited to see him involved in another show, even though he was just the showrunner, not the creator. But I trusted his involvement with another show, whatever his role was. And I guess the creator of Inside Jobs, Cheyenne, was a writer for a lot of Gravity Falls episodes too. So they had like history working together. And there was, you know, was just a lot of stuff clicked. I didn't, I haven't watched all the episodes, but the animation is really good. And there's a lot of fun kind of like background comedic points where you can like tell like there's a cryptid in the back or. Like, there's a lizard person walking around or just some other, like, hidden detail. Like, one episode, they are talking to Grassy Noel Johnson, who, you know, was the guy that murdered JFK in this universe. So, it's goofy stuff like that. It can be pretty dense a lot of times, where there's just, like, so much layered jokes on top of each other. It can get kind of overwhelming. But the animation, like I said, is really good. And all the voice actors do a great job and it's a fun concept too. So I recommend it. Okay. That's
0: awesome.
3: Didn't know
1: about it. Thank you for bringing it to our attention.
2: How many seasons?
1: Just the one for right now. It just came out really recently, uh, like October 22nd, I think of this year. So it's, it's super brand new. Okay. And I think there's some cool representation Mm -hmm. like the main character has Asperger's and they like say that straight up and they don't really like they kind of play on her being socially awkward but there's like one episode where they think a reason she can't hug is because she has Asperger's but it turns out there's like other reasons for that so I like that it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a, a Sheldon from Big Bang Theory like type of representation where it was a bit more grounded and they're not a bunch of like crazy goofballs and so awkward. They can't even have a conversation basically, but yeah, um, I, I appreciated that. And yeah, you know, I don't know how many episodes there are in the season, but it's, you know, standard 20 minutes an episode and yeah, you know, I recommend it. Awesome.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Like queuing it up as we speak. That sounds right up my alley right on i was just initially like conspiracy theories oh no like they used to be so fun and now they're kind of like ruining the country but hopefully we can make them fun again make conspiracy theories fun again
1: (laughs) i think that's what this show kind of aims to do is basically just opening the floodgates and making everything free game and I appreciate that about it. Like, they do cryptids, like I said, like, Mothman is, like, the HR manager, and it's really funny and cute. Um, It's not, like, really a cute show, because there's a... There's, like, a mushroom man from Hollow Earth, and he's, like... There's a lot of weirdness with him, but (laughs) he's one of my favorite (laughs) characters. Okay, That's all I'll say. I think you kind of just have to experience Mike from... uh, Inside shop. So
0: nice. Well I love Mothman. I'm drinking out of a Mothman mug right now. A gift from Chris.
1: Yeah, no, Mothman's great. Cryptids are great. So if you like any of that stuff. If you want in Grace's words, conspiracy theories to be fun again, check it out, because it doesn't really hold anything back, especially talking about the JFK assassination and basically making fun of JFK. That's fine. Huh.
0: The dead man? Making fun of him?
1: The dead
0: person? The dead president of the United States?
1: Sorry, I thought we were American. <laughs> we're there patriotism. Who
0: are
2: you yelling at? Yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm including myself because I was... He's he's playing both sides. <laughs> I'm playing both sides to come out ahead, you know? <clears throat> you, so you always win, no matter what. So I always. Will.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so the last episode, we briefly touched on Garfield's "Babes and Bullets." And I'm not talking about that, but it got me thinking about the film noir genre and sort of the vibes from that. And so really, what I want to talk about is the concept of liminality. Or liminal spaces in general, or just that kind of idea, because we are, the, you know, t- liminality applies to both physical locations and to time. And right now, you know, it's kind of we're in sort of a liminal time, with it being.
2: I need more. What do you need more? I need more, so that way I know what the hell you're talking about.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's basically around that too. Sorry, I, I apologize. Uh, let me.
2: No, it's fine.
1: This is very esoteric so far.
2: <laughs> I'm interested in your concept.
3: I, I didn't know we were together. doing
2: concepts.
3: Yeah, we're, oh, we're doing concepts. We're doing anything. Okay. No rules. No rules.
2: Okay, I'm
0: interested in your concept. I just need more information.
3: Okay. You All can right.
0: follow the Twitter account, Liminal Spaces.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, that, that should help start getting your mind in the right, right frame. Uh, but <gasps> anyway... So let me quote from Wikipedia real quick. So this is talking specifically about liminality. uh, Then I'll kind of jump back to why Garfield made me think of that. Anyway, okay. So according to Wikipedia, in anthropology, liminality is is the quality of ambiguity or disorientation that occurs in the middle stage of a rite of passage. When participants no longer hold their pre-ritual status, but have not yet Begun to transition to the status that they will hold when the right is complete. Let's see. So during a during a rights liminal stage, participants stand on the threshold between their previous way of structuring their identity, time, or community, and a new way, which completes their right, which completing their right establishes. Going to liminal spaces, kind of jumping to that. In architecture, liminal spaces are defined as the physical space is between one de- destination and the next. Common examples are highways, airports, and streets. And puberty. Right, yeah. That's an example of sort of Okay. a more time-based liminality.
2: Biological side.
3: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep.
0: Transition. Yep. Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. That look. But liminality has to do with the state of being in between or physically being in between, or being in between in the time space. It's all kind of revolving around that. So, I I bring up Garfield, Babes and Bullets, because that specific special being set in a film noir kind of atmosphere, to me, brings about sort of this unease and this displacement, because it really kind of almost feels a bit purgatory, in a way. Because you've got you know, narration going on. It's all black and white. Things are not necessarily the way they are in reality.
2: I think I understand the concept. And you can cut this out or tell me that I'm wrong. But,
3: sure.
1: Gladly.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can just go now.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.
2: But it's sort of like when you have, I don't want to say like a lapse. But I remember for sure there being a, a Christmas here. And thinking to myself, I'm going to walk down the street and see if my mom has put up the Christmas decorations yet. And realizing we don't live there. Mm. You know, so it's a mix-up of time.
3: Yeah, it can be. And, and that's the whole thing is that in either these moments of specific time or certain places that you occupy, you get disoriented and can't really, because nothing is really concrete in a way, because it is sort of, things are going from one way of being to the next.
0: There's like a surreal element to it as well, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Do we know, and I'm probably jumping ahead, do we know why this happens? Does it happen to certain people more than others? What's the cause of this? Do I need to see a doctor?
3: (laughs) No, no, it's just part of being alive. Ugh. It's part. But it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have a negative connotation. Like the examples of being in an airport or going down the highway. I mean, you can have these surreal moments, like Grace mentioned. You can have weird, almost out-of-body experiences, whatever. But really, they're more of a vehicle to move you on to the next kind of keep in what's happening. You know, you're going from one location to the next. You're growing up, whatever. But it's that kind of idea. It, It can be, I mean... Maybe in when you're in it, it can feel more negative. But the it uh, on the the whole purpose is to just move you from one way or one place to the next.
2: So I'm not slipping into an early dementia, probably.
3: No, no you're not. No. Okay, yeah, nothing like that.
2: I want you to remember this, so that way, in like no a couple years, you can isolate that audio and say, "Oh no, she really was."
3: <laughs> so partially, and kind of like what. Cat was getting at there. There can be instances where liminality can provoke feelings of existentialism, but again, it's not really a bad thing. It's just sort of because you exist, you happen to have flashes of more of a deep seated kind of dread, I guess, or
2: boo on that
3: confusion, but it can be heightened by being within a liminal space or time. That's what I wanted to talk about. I know it's kind of a lot, but.
2: Oh no, no, I'm right there with you and have
3: it is
1: cool.
2: Many experiences of this in my life thinking that I'm just kind of going to an early grave. <laughs> but it turns out it's a normal <laughs> thing. okay.
1: yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good. yeah I think I'd have to do some more like research on it to like fully understand it because it still seems pretty like abstract.' Cause, like in my mind, isn't like everything just like... So, like, I'm in my apartment right now, but, like, isn't that me just waiting to go to, like, the supermarket to pick up food, you know? Sure. Well, if
2: you look at it that way, aren't we all just waiting then? Because then at that point, if you're at the grocery store, you're just waiting to go home.
1: Yeah. Basically. That's true,
3: though. Yeah, but the liminal space would be more the spokes on the wheel... And you have different hubs that you're moving toward or, you know, whether it's spatially or through time. It's different sort of locations that tend to hold a lot of memories or periods of time that are distinct between one another. Like Kat said, puberty is an example that's listed out. They're like memory banks or something. In a way, yeah. It's like pockets of, of collected memories that happen to center on you know one place or, or another but the liminal space itself does not necessarily carry those memories it can but it happens to sometimes create sort of weird kind of i don't know if feedback loops the right word but it it's it doesn't necessarily ha- hold all the same properties of reality that you expect in those other main
1: places
0: like deja vu
1: Yeah kind kind of like that That's where I was defaulting to Yeah
2: or kind of like When you smell something from your childhood and it makes you think of that time, it's like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's an interesting concept. And Mm -hmm. um, like I said, you know, the way that, you know, especially this time of year between fall and and winter really getting started, it's, it's all very still kind of in between. So,
0: yeah, and I think you hit on an interesting point and with the, you know, kind of, almost post-pandemic feeling that we're all kind of shifting towards of yeah you know it's everyone's yeah. acting a little weird
1: transitional periods
0: to put it mildly yeah, yeah. as a non-binary person i am in a liminal space <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah so that's liminality those are liminal spaces i've been walker see you later
2: you have been but not currently
1: <laughs> no. Oh man, that's good. I'm kidding. I'll you stick be around. Becoming. Yeah. <laughs>
2: becoming Walker.
1: He's, uh, traveling to be Walker.
2: Have you not always been though? <laughs> I don't know. It's one version or another.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe it's a multiverse type thing. Oh man, multiverse. That's just that's a whole other whole other game. <laughs> that's going to be next week's topic. <laughs> or next episode. No, I, I won't go that. I won't go that extreme. <laughs> okay.
2: This is making my topic seem very trivial.
3: No. Oh. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. That can't be so.
2: We're we're exiting some deep thoughts with Walker.
3: I'm sure you and Grace have excellent topics. Let's hear what you have to say.
2: I picked a video game.
3: That's awesome. Yay, That's our great. first game. Yeah. Good. Oh, no, first game as a
1: group, right?
2: Yes, first game as a group. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, what's the game?
2: Uh Little Misfortune.
1: Oh. Yeah a great game.
2: So, uh Little Misfortune is an interactive like choose your own adventure sort of video game that's available on multiple platforms. We play as an 8-year-old little girl. She's very cute. The little lady named Misfortune. It's you.
1: Yeah, it's w- yeah, it is kind of cat. It's who? It's literally cat.
2: It's me? Yeah. Yeah, I need that hat.
1: You do. Yeah. Yeah,
3: it's a good hat.
2: Okay, so released in 2019 by Kill Monday, we play as an eight-year-old little lady named Miss Fortune. Sadly, Miss Fortune comes from an unhappy home and follows Mr. Voice in an attempt to find eternal happiness. We also have the pleasure of meeting Benjamin of Foxy Fox that Miss Fortune has a huge crush on, but Mr. Voice dislikes and distrusts. While the game reviews are heavily mixed, I found that the game is perfectly cute and dark at the same time because you have a lot of mini games and you encounter ghosts and puppies and break dancing. And it's the perfect wind down after a frustrating day. Nothing is particularly challenging. It's all just a game of choices.
1: Yeah. It's really just like, like you said, perfectly like an interactive story where I just go along, you make some choices here and there and nothing's going to like hold you back. With that decision, because I've I've played it too. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cat. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's not like a difficult game. It is more just like an experience more than anything.
2: It really did.
1: I'm surprised. So it, it got mixed reviews.
2: A lot of people thought that the storytelling itself was lacking.
1: Really, what were that the
2: gameplay was just kind of eh. But I get that.
1: Hmm. Well, there wasn't really a lot of gameplay to it.
2: Exactly. You get mini-games, and it's just a cute little way to decompress from whatever terrible thing you had to do at your day job. But there are no right or wrong choices, only consequences.
1: Okay. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is funny. I don't know if... I I think you mentioned that.
2: It's very dark humor-based.
1: Yes, very... um, Like, a lot of later jokes where on the surface like it's all oh, that's kinda sweet and then you think, think about it for a second and it's like oh wow that's pretty screwed up.
2: Mr. Voice likes to ask you a lot of questions while you're walking down the street about have you ever stole anything? Do you like your life? Things like have you ever lied?
3: Interesting. Is it a short game or how long would you say it, it takes to
2: I think you can probably finish it in about two and a half, three hours. Not terribly okay. long. Just something to pick up and do a couple things and then go on with your day. Cool. Or
0: just kill it all in one sitting.
1: Yeah. yeah, Could do, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like Night in the Woods.
1: Mm-hmm. It is very similar.
0: Yeah, not as long and I don't think really as
2: in-depth story-wise. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of the same feel to it. Very dark you're kind of questioning who Mr. Voice is and his motives. Very cool. That's
1: it's on PC switch. I think that's it, right? Yep. Or is it on any of the other consoles?
2: I know it's on switch. I don't know if it is on PlayStation. That's all I got.
1: Yeah. It is a really cute, fun game where you don't really, you don't, actively do a lot you kind of just are along for the ride and Mm -hmm. not having to really make any big decisions and the few that you do make they're usually pretty funny either way
2: right it's a very stress-free game to kind of take your mind off of things which is why i picked it it's very easy to play and put down and play
1: Mm -hmm. awesome yeah thank
2: you very nice
1: yeah, thank you. full pick I'm glad you picked that
2: just imagine all the pictures that you can use for this like the one of her eating cigarette butts that's one of my favorites
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I did that one no
2: you probably didn't because you're a nice person
1: it is a game after all if you're not going to eat cigarette butts in real life you may as well do it in a game right. yeah Let's just feed that
0: uh, intrusive thought that mm-hmm. you have when you see one
1: I've never had the thought of that. Yeah, that sounds good <laughs> That seems good.
0: Making her eat the mints she finds on the ground in front of the hamsters.
1: Oh, the mints. Yeah.
0: That's all I got. So I guess that means grace. Oh, right. So this previous summer was the summer I finally watched Drag Race. And while it's not a perfect show and RuPaul is not a perfect person, it was a fun experience. And for a long time, I think I... Avoided watching it because I think that I knew it would bring up a lot of questions and feelings that I didn't want to have, but finally sat down, watched it, had a good time, and yeah, so really liked that, and there are a lot of people that come out of drag race and become kind of queer pop culture icons, so that's why I initially wanted to start watching it, just to kind of, you know figure out who these people were but the show that i'm going to be talking about yes cat
2: i was just going to ask if you were going to talk about a specific season
0: i am actually going to be talking about the show on hbo called we are here which features three former contestants on drag race eureka bob and shangela are hosts on the show called we are here And it is, I have been calling that show my second therapy of the week. (laughs) It is such a pure show and I needed something pure to talk about after VHS. So the premise of the show is Bob, Eureka, and Shangela go to a new small town in the United States. And they do somewhat of a Queer Eye style mentorship of three other individuals living in that town that are usually either in the LGBTQ community are related to someone who is in the LGBTQ community or just an ally or someone who's a local leader who wants to show up for that community. And the whole premise of the show is at the end of this week that they spend there, they put on a drag show. So the three of them will perform, Shangela, Bob, and Eureka, but then also the people that they have been mentoring. It's kind of cool that the title is We Are Here because at first it just seems like it's these drag queens showing up and being really bombastic and kind of shocking everyone in this like small town, but then it's also showing that in every community there are people who are queer, and they might be quiet or hidden or afraid or closeted or a combination of all those things, but... They are here and with some help they're, they gain some confidence and feel a little bit safer to come out to a huge crowd of people who are actually very happy to see them. So, it's nice.
3: It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. It sounds cute. So it always ends with you know, generally good reception. No one's ever...
0: No, that's not necessarily true. Oh. There are family members that don't attend that they were hoping would attend. There are People who are still very much struggling with their identity or like other issues that arise, but it's a very real show. And the drag performance, no matter who shows up for the people and no matter what the consequences are of the show, the show itself is therapeutic. Just drag in general, I guess, is therapeutic to these people because they're able to express something that they haven't been able to express in their everyday life, I guess. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, without giving too much
2: of maybe my own personal story or story that I share with someone in my life, I'm just going to say that it's fantastic to me that there is a platform willing to take on the show because in my lifetime, to start with, that would have never happened. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy that people have that outlet, even if they have people in their lives that are not accepting of that, that it will open the door for other people who are accepting of that.
0: Yeah. There's a big emphasis on community in the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. And them coming into a town that doesn't necessarily accept LGBTQ people and the Forcefully, in a way, carving out a section where they can feel safe. Mm -hmm. And it's really awesome because Bob, Shangela, and Eureka are all so confident in themselves that they can pave the way and do things shocking so that these people who are more shy or not very confident can... Step out of that a little. Step out of that a little bit and not have to do... They're doing plenty of hard work, but not having to do some of the other hard work that might actually, like, jeopardize their safety.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've come so far, and I hope that we continue that trend and we don't have to take too many steps back.
3: So, when they leave, you think that things don't just regress and, you know, it kind of becomes like, oh, well, that happened, and everyone forgets about it? I mean... It depends. Okay.
2: I think... Yeah, I mean, I think on the flip side of that, you also have people who were not accepting to begin with and not accepting while the show was on who learned to come to grips or come to terms with that, I guess I should say, and realize that the relationship with this person is more important than whatever they had set in their head for them. That's definitely my personal story anyway.
0: Sure. I think that it helps the people that they mentor, if nothing else. Because a lot of them go through journeys. Some of them at the start are you know closeted or whatever. And then by the end, there'll even be sometimes there's title screens of saying like months after the show, this person transitioned. Or after the show, this person felt comfortable coming out. After the show, this person did X, Y, and Z. So there is a little bit of follow-up and there is positive things that are coming out of it. If it's not drastically changing the community it is what it is. Of course, it's just a show, but it does help at the very least, I think, internally with the people and sometimes with their families, depending on their story.
3: Okay. Yeah, I just wonder, I mean, I understand the the concept and and how, on paper, it's trying to be wholly beneficial, but I mean, we don't know for sure how things end up, so just,
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair.
1: I mean, like, talking like a lauren ramsey kitchen nightmares type thing where he walks away and like it says that the uh yeah i mean it, it leaves it, yeah it leaves the the change
3: up to everyone who's obviously still there so i, I mean and i haven't seen it so i don't really know if, if it's always kind of the same idea like you have all these people that are resistant or you have certain family members that are taking issue but i just i don't know i don't know it just seems like it's like a flash in the pan and it's doesn't
0: yeah and possibly i'm not doing my description justice i think that it's not well
2: hmm. when you first started talking about your concern i thought you meant it more on like the jenny jones level do you know what i'm talking about
3: Uh, no Mm -mm. so no
2: jenny jones talk show host 90s thing had a show where she, like, would reveal crushes on people. One of them happened to be, uh...
1: That seems bad.
0: Yeah, it did end in a...
2: Well, they were all fine until this one where a guy came on and said he had a crush on his friend, and his friend found out that he was coming out of the closet and had a crush on him, and he ended up being okay on the show, and then when the show ended there was a murder
1: Mm. yeah wow well
2: yeah so that's what i thought your concern was geared towards sort of that situation where they act cool everything's fine on tv and then as soon as they're gone then there's the retaliation and there's a problem which i'm sure is part of the fear when you're on the show yeah anyway
1: i mean that's like definitely an extreme right i mean but it can happen i mean it's yeah, no, of course, obviously, because it did happen. Right. But my, my main, I mean, my, I was
3: thinking about that, but the the thing that I think would be more tragic is if you have, you know, this whole week where everything's very uplifting and out in the open, and then the minute the crew's gone, it just all shuts down. You know, there's it just kind of reverts. Yeah. So.
2: But that's the same with Christmas. You got to keep it in your heart, Walker. <laughs> yeah,
3: I understand. Yeah, I, I get that. But I'm just saying... That's it.
0: I think what they're trying to do is build up the confidence of the people that they're mentoring, and trying to start a a movement in them, at least somewhat of a local yeah. community, saying to even saying to other queer people in their community who weren't you know picked to do all of this, like, hey, we're here. If if you need us, we should have like a spot. Like this this needs to you know we can have a voice, I suppose. Right. And I think that, the yeah, they're I don't think they're thinking they're changing the town's mind, but I think that they're creating a space, giving confidence and voice to people who don't feel like they have it.
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. If I'm understanding the show properly, it doesn't really seem to be about changing everybody's mind. It seems to be more about providing a support system for these three individuals that they go to help out and like i really like the name of the show i haven't watched it yet but we are here as a lot of levels of like there's people like this all around you you might not know them but they're there and then there's also the more like we are here for you to help you and support you And you can't change anybody's mind, like, if these townsfolks get up in arms about it after the fact. You know, that's unfortunate, but you're not going to be able to change their mind if they're set in their ways. But if, like, just one of these people walk away thinking, I'm not alone, I think that's where it's ultimately most important.
0: Yeah, they really do capture, like, the profound loneliness that you can feel as a queer person who doesn't have any other queer people around them. And I think that that's very helpful to a lot of people because you can see yourself on the screen and be like, oh, well, you know, if this person can do it and they're more isolated than me, then, you know, maybe it's a cool show. I enjoy it. <laughs> I'd check it out, especially if you've got people in your life that's relatable, to."
2: Yeah, I can't imagine being in that situation and feeling completely alienated. But I know it from my side, <clears throat> but I know it from my side of like having family involved. So I don't know it directly, but I know like no one I knew growing up had anyone in their family. So there was nobody that I could really talk to about it. And that was difficult. But so I can't even imagine how difficult it was for my family member and people who are still struggling with this. So it's good that they're out there doing that.
1: So is it, like, a on a slightly different point, is it, like, a drama show foremost, or is it, like, a drama comedy? It's...
0: There's a lot of joy in the show. It's mostly happy, but it is...
1: We need more happy genre shows. Yeah.
0: There are the tender moments. Yeah. That's why the Queer Eye sort of comparison works because like that show is mostly positive, but they're helping someone who's got you know, who's a little bit troubled. But this one is just much more specific where it's like you're not gonna remake this person's life. You're just you're putting on a drag show and it's more specific in the fact that it's all people who are in or around this community. Yeah. And the hosts are all very kind and tender hearted people and They make the show what it is.
1: No Gordon Ramsay's yelling at him.
0: No, no, (laughs) no, no. Shangela's pretty tough on that choreography, but otherwise everybody's... uh,
1: Hey, you need a little tough love every now and again. Yeah. Cool. What did you say it was on HBO?
0: Yes, yeah. And there's new episodes every Sunday night for a couple more weeks.
1: Mm -hmm. Right on. Is this the first season of it?
0: I believe it's the third. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, wow.
0: The second one got cut short because of COVID. Eh, Yeah.
1: What's that? Haven't heard of it.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our Warped Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews really mean a lot to us and help us gain more listeners. And for the first 50 five-star reviews we'll send you a free Our Warped Podcast pin. Just DM us on Instagram with a screenshot of your review, and we'll get all of that set up and mailed to you if you want. Uh, Speaking of social media, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Our Warped Pod, and uh, let us know about what you thought of this week's episode. Chris?
1: You can follow me at ChrisAmbrose80 on Instagram if you like drawings of monsters or other Creatures of the sort or at Chris Ambrosiak on Twitter where I do a lot of the same stuff. So check me out if you like drawings. Yep. Yeah.
2: I am on Instagram, hauntingly tired, all one word. And you can tell me all about the consequences of your gameplay of Little Misfortune. Walker.
3: And I'll be hanging out in the in-between. Hope to see everybody there.
2: I'm there too much. You've
0: got to be tired of me. (laughs) (laughs) I only know the in-between. I live there. Right?
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye!